Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Hello, and welcome to From the Furrow, where each week we talk with subject matter experts on news and topics affecting the grain markets. I'm your host, Kristen Steen. Today, we're going to talk about the economy, interest rates, and the dollar and their importance on grain markets. But first, let's get started with a review of grains. Today is Tuesday, September 27th at 1.10 p.m. December 22 corn is currently trading up to at 6.68 and a quarter. And November 22 beans currently trading down one and a half at 14.09 and three quarters. Okay, turning to our guest, this week we're lucky to have Cole Adams with us. Cole is a grain marketing advisor and commodities broker with EverAg. He brings a wealth of knowledge and we're excited to hear what he has for us today. Welcome to the show, Cole. Thanks for having me, Kristen. Yeah. So last week, the Feds raised interest rates another three quarters of a point as a continued fight against inflation. Talks of a global recession continue to loom in the air, and the value of the dollar is making new 20-year highs. Let's start with the big question and dive into the weeds. How do we anticipate this affecting the grain markets? Yeah, so interest rates, along with other issues, put a lot of pressure on these markets. It costs more to buy goods, therefore we tend to buy smaller quantities as we need it. Investors have been pulling their money out of the markets here and placing it into safer things, such as the dollar, which is another thing that's been affecting the grain markets. A higher dollar puts pressure on demand, which in turn makes prices fall. It's costing countries more to buy the U.S. products, meaning they'll look elsewhere first for better deals as everyone's economies are tightening up here. The one interesting thing to note here is that if the balance sheet stays tight, how does this affect the overall prices and how low we could go. Okay, the dollar has blown through the 102 mark and hasn't looked back since June. Where's the next likely stop? Yeah, so currently we're sitting at around 113 and a half. And as quickly as it's gone up, it wouldn't be surprising to push towards that 118 to 120 mark here that we've seen back in 2001 and the 1980s. As everything continues to sell off and people decide where they park their money, the dollar is the perfect place that people seem to be placing their money currently. So how have we seen that affect our exports so far? So the dollar is one component that's affected it. Uh, Also, China bought so much from us last year that we anticipated that again this year. And we just haven't seen that those buys coming in. China and Brazil has also had a long relationship of working together and you know, that has made them not so reliant on us. Also, as I had stated, the global economy is in a position where exports just aren't where they typically are as countries kind of button down to try to weather this storm. Argentina is another factor that hit the market recently that could hurt exports as harvest is approaching here. Since Argentina adjusted their exchange rate, a lot of beans have hit the market and got out of their farmers' hands when typically they don't sell during this time of the year. This has allowed the U.S. terminals to back basis levels down since globally a lot of beans hit the market right before ours do. Now, we also have to keep in mind, does this open up the potential for soybean buyers to buy Argentina beans and then turn and wait until Brazil's crop into the first part of 23 with the U.S. dollar being so high? I also feel Russia will continue to be a factor on the corn side if exports continue out of Ukraine as another options for the globe to consider 
as a cheaper option compared to the U.S. Okay, so you're you're anticipating some more slowdown from China, from what I gather, due to the value of our dollar, but also depending on what that South American weather is as well. Correct. Yeah, you know, weather is going to continue to play a role wherever they absolutely need to get the beans that are going to. But certainly another thing to consider is China's economy and, and their willingness to buy. You know, perhaps they're going to turn toward a more hand-to-mouth approach as these prices increase, interest rates rise. You know, the, the currency exchange just doesn't make sense in their, their mind that they begin to buy when they need to and not stockpile as much. Okay. So weather's certainly going to have an impact on availability of goods, but talks of global recession could slow down demand. The argument is always, well, people got to eat. Coal. <laughs> so can you walk through whether we should or shouldn't be concerned about a global recession? Yeah, no, I think we should always be concerned with a recession, you know, especially in the agricultural world and what we're dealing with currently. You got record high input costs and a 2023 market that hardly shows a break even if that. Now, if we look back at where these input costs and where our last recession came in at in 2008, corn was $3 and beans are 8 bucks. You know, protection will be key because in this environment, even a cash flushed producer can quickly tap into these reserves and eat equity pretty quickly as fast as these markets move. Sure. Especially if they start dialing back how much they actually use, right? They have to eat, but it doesn't have to be at the certain rations we're on right now. Correct. Okay. So we seem to be fighting an array of different wars, whether it's Ukraine, Russia, China, Taiwan the COVID war, the climate war, inflation war, you name it, it seems like we're fighting it. Can you touch on some of the major countries and what's going on to help or hinder on a global recession in that form? Yeah, so I think Russia is going to be the one major one kind of moving forward that sticks out to me just because they're trying to control multiple commodities. You know, that they're slowing down the natural gas flow into the EU which they're kind of expected to be in an energy crisis come this winter. Obviously, that's going to be one thing to keep in mind, but also the grain flow out of Ukraine. And Putin's made it clear recently here that he's displeased with where the grain's been flowing. It's not flowing to the places he thought it should be. And therefore, when this deal ends in November, I wouldn't be surprised that he tries to take more control of that if grain is going to continue to flow out of Ukraine. So... That, you know, if there was a country that could really help the situation, I think it'd be Russia and their willingness to participate in the rest of the global. Sure. Okay. So last but not least, rising interest rates. They'll certainly hit all of our pocketbooks, but what does this mean for commodities in the future? Yeah. So volatility, you know, it's here to stay and fear may begin to take over. We've seen that here lately in the last over the last few days since interest rates were originally hiked here. You know, when this happens, typically we could see markets overextend themselves one way or the other. But also keep in mind if the balance sheet stays tight, that may keep prices around here just because there's only so much supply to go around. Nonetheless, this is the time to kind of keep your head down, know your costs and not get greedy as these markets can really flip on a dime. Yeah. For sure, for sure. How many how many hikes, how many more hikes are the feds anticipated to have? Yeah, so they're expecting another two this year yet. You know, they want to get up to that four to four and a half range so that you're talking at least another quarter, one one and a quarter points yet. So we'll see what they have to do in the future here and if they continue their path that they're currently on. Okay. Like you said, uh, 
volatility is here to stay. So Cole, it has been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing all these important insights with us. Going forward, if someone wants to touch base and dig into this some more or anything else, how can they get a hold of you? Yeah. So you can go to our company website at ever.ag, or you can call the office at 608-960-4771. And you can get in touch with me there and we can chat through some things. Thanks again, Cole. That's all for today, folks. Thanks for joining us and be sure to not only tune in next week as we get the amazing Britt O'Connell back as the host, but also as she talks with Robert White, the Vice President of Industry Relations for the Renewable Fuels Association. If you haven't already, please subscribe to this show so that you are updated when the weekly episodes are aired. And if you feel so inclined, share this episode with a friend. Have a great rest of your week.